crime part. That's that true. Be, that would be enough for me. Yeah. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Joining me now, Seth Barron. Hey, Seth. Hi, Pat. How well, are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. A sanitation worker arrested for choking his teenage daughter. My goodness. A city sanitation worker. Allegedly, he's a real garbage person. A 38-year-old Marvin Freeman arrested for allegedly strangling his 14-year-old daughter in the family's Grasmere Terrace home in Far Rockaway, Queens. Freeman was arrested uh, soon after wrapping his hands around her neck. That was about 10 p.m. on uh, on a Wednesday. They were going at it verbally, and then he just did that. Uh, he works out of the violent Brooklyn North 8 garage. He was hired in 2012. Uh, so, hey, they were squabbling away, and then he said, hey, like, let me ask you a question. This is, uh, the, uh, what do you think? Uh, are you curious about what a garbage man who was hired in 2012 makes? Uh, I, I think I could probably guess. Give, 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 a, give guess. it a guess. Um, let me just say one thing. The garbage men have a Half great... a million dollars a year. <laughs> they have a great contract because they have it worked out that... Um, Summer's on. No, but here's the thing. The way garbage shifts work, it only makes sense for them to work like a 12-hour shift. Like, that's how it, you know, because so it's they built in overtime. They have built, yeah, but their shifts are technically eight hours, so they do have all this built in overtime. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I don't know what every his day base has got to be like $72,000 or something. <laughs> 102. Jesus. Yeah, he gets 102000 a year. As uh, his or, base. Or, well, I, I don't know if it's for his base. His total pay, actually, uh, for the past year. For 2018, $102,841. Yeah, bad. so I'm probably right. His base is probably like around 75 and then plus overtime. Yeah, but they didn't go into all that. No. Uh, his mother says this shit didn't even happen. She goes, let me tell you one thing. This never happened. That's not true. The mother did not want to be named. She told the Post that. She said, mm. no emergency responders came here. There was nothing wrong with her. She wasn't treated for nothing. <laughs> okay. She said that when Freeman came home Wednesday, he found his daughter in the home. With man friends and chase them out. Oh boy, how old was she? Fourteen. Fourteen with man friends. That's a little young for man well, friends. Don't need all the gentlemen they really hanging around. Men, were they really men? <laughs> I guess I could see being pretty mad if there were a bunch of like, like the Roy Moore type forty-year-old guys around. Well, Roy Moore apparently would date these women that were like you know seventeen know. and be like, oh, uh, I see you're with your mother. Uh, would you like uh, to go on a date with me? <laughs> right. That's. I guess it was different back then. Well, people would have courtship. Didn't Don Johnson date? Melanie Griffith, when she was like thirteen or fourteen, he was thirty. Yeah, what is that? Did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Thirteen or fourteen? <laughs> I think so. I think that uh, I forget the, the name of the bass player for the Stones. Can you remember it? Can Ron never... Wyman. Ron Wood. Uh, Wyman. Bill Wyman. Bill Wyman. Bill Wyman got married to I think to a thirteen-year-old. I think. Really? I, like in the nineties. That's why he quit the band because he found a thirteen-year-old. He quit the band. <laughs> he quit the Rolling Stones years ago. Yeah. Bill Wyman hasn't been a Bill Rolling Stones. not with him. No, they're, they're always, a four. They're a four man. I now. always think of um, Charlie, Charlie Watts. Watts. Yeah, but he's still with them. Charlie Watts still with them, and yeah, and Keith and Mick, and that's it. And that they're a four piece. They don't have a bass player. That's like they have a bass player. I'm sure, but he's not a Rolling Stone. Right, right, right. That's they, interesting. They just got tired of like uh, ripping people off, <laughs> not getting any royalties. I guess you know. So I guess if they just use a studio musician, there's no question. How about this? Sure. Two homeless men charged uh, in this viral subway uh, platform. You might have seen this online. We have. I'll put up this video on CrimeReport.nyc because it's pretty amusing if you haven't seen it. Two men have been charged in this hilarious altercation on a Chinatown subway platform uh, from last Sunday. Now, three more men are being sought 
in this wild subway melee. They're all illegals. Uh, 36-year-old Elicio Alvarez and 36-year-old Juan Nunez, 27. Oh, excuse me. So 36, 27, they're charged with rioting. Wait, that's that's a quiet riot. Obstructing governmental administration. They remind me of those, uh, the bad guys that are on... What's that? Uh, a Christmas story? You know how they have that like jerky way of moving, <laughs> right? Well, they were drunk, and they were drunk, and they were, but they were attacking a cop. The cop was like fighting him off with the you know baton. Yeah, just to tell the the, the listener here that uh, there's like five of them, and right. um, imagine if the cop had shot all five of them. God, that'd be a fucking great ending to the video. <laughs> <laughs> if he just like took the, if he was like, all right, I've had it. He shot five unarmed black men. <laughs> well, they weren't black; they were Mexicans. Oh yeah, okay. and he's like men of color. He's like uh, Muslim. He's like an Arab. He gets more deniability than anybody. That would be so interesting it would, if, like, uh, a Muslim cop just shot five Mexican illegals. <laughs> and in white the guys head. are just like us. We're just like, well, we'd get it anyway. <laughs> What's it gonna be? Yeah, right. Uh, these these five men willing to attack a cop on a subway platform. Uh, the New York Post reports that uh, asked. Now, here's an interesting thing. Asks why? Because uh, it, it does. You wonder how come they didn't uh, get prosecuted? What's the deal? Uh, and, and the Post reports that that uh, when asked, Cyrus uh, Vance. Asked why Manhattan DA Cyrus Vance initially declined to prosecute the five drunken vagrants who attacked a cop. A spokesman gave two troubling answers. Said the DA didn't uh, hadn't seen the online video of the oh, attack. Oh, okay, good, good. Seems <laughs> I woke up that morning. It was on my phone. If I don't see it, what is this? A picture? It didn't happen. What is this? <laughs> and the men were arrested only for sleeping in the subway, and the city no longer enforced its ban on that. So really, that's. Uh, the officer, yeah, you're right. Syed Ali, he was the cop who responded to the calls about these guys. They were menacing subway riders. It's not like he was just rousting them. He was, like, down there trying to get get them out for the people. Right. And uh, he's using his... So, uh, surely it needs to be prosecuted. I mean, you, you wrote a thing in the beat on this. Now, I'm going to put that... I'm going to put a link to that also at Carver Court. Anyway. See, it's very interesting. Well, where I work put out the oh, beat. Oh, yes. right, right, right. Yes, I understand. Yeah, You edited it, though. I edited it. Yes. I... Helped formula. I crafted it. I couldn't believe the Democrats here even are uh, for this. Like, uh, so surely the man's behavior needs to be prosecuted. As City Council Public Safety Committee Chairman Donovan Richards said, these suspects should have been arrested, charged with something higher. Yeah, no shit. Uh, Cy Vance, I don't know what the fuck is with this guy. He's just all over the place. He's well, like, uh, all right, okay, here's the great thing about Cy Vance. All right, when he's not helping. Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. and like trying like 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 pish poshing uh you know credible allegations against Harvey Weinstein. Right. When he's not going in to try to sweet talk the judge to give Jeffrey Epstein uh lower, you know, um oh, sex offender registration. Yeah, that was disgusting. Disturbing. And when he's not saying we're gonna knock, we're, we're gonna let people, we're not gonna prosecute um, fair beating or marijuana arrests. For that's that's an ideological thing. The other thing is just about the money. Yeah. I think. Then he's um. Then he's uh, oh, and when he's not like prosecuting uh, Schneiderman. Oh yeah, he didn't prosecute Schneiderman. Yeah, yeah, they dropped charges on Jesus that. Christ. Uh, he's he's out there doing this kind of stuff. Which is ignoring ignoring the law. the law and saying, "Well, I didn't see the video." Well, uh, yeah, and 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 
and uh, making some double talk. Well, I, I I didn't know they were arrested for beating up the cop. I thought they were just arrested for. It's like obvious. Well, clearly they are of color. What do you think that uh, he doesn't want to arrest anybody with these people? One of these guys had an ice warrant. One of I, these guys had an ice warrant. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that doesn't matter to him. It's a sanctuary city. You've heard. Uh, yeah, it's it's he has two concerns basically uh, which crimes to prosecute. Uh, he's uh, here's a concern: has anybody paid him money specifically not to prosecute something? Uh, then he won't do that. Or uh, if he. You know, he had to be shamed into prosecuting Harvey Weinstein, uh, just like he had to be shamed into this. Yeah. <coughs> now, th- that's weird. Yeah. For this city to shame you into prosecuting something? Because we just had a city that shamed uh, uh, this woman out of charges who was down at the fucking NYCHA thing. Right. HRA. HRA, yeah. They're like, fucking, uh, uh, it's like, oh, she no, she's, she's going to she's gonna get millions of dollars. Yesterday, it's funny, I was at um, a press conference and they were asking de Blasio... Uh, oh, have you spoken to Jasmine Headley yet? This is the woman who... Spoken to Jasmine Headley? What's yeah. he supposed to say to her? No, he said, well, he said, I've tried to. I've reached out to her several times, and uh, we're unable to get in touch with her. <laughs> She's busy. <laughs> she couldn't get back to the fucking mayor? Oh, yeah. my God. That's fucking She's hilarious. Crazy. That is funny. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I got, got the mayor online, too. Um Here's Vance's words. He says his policy is meant to combat the intolerable racial disparities that underlie prosecution. Yet there's not much evidence that says that this contention is true. Beyond the fact, this is from the beat, uh, proportionally, uh, more blacks and Hispanics get arrested for public pot use <coughs> and fair beating than whites. It says this is a disparate impact brought to its absurd conclusion. It's, it's amazing to me that a bunch of people in New York City said, hey, you got to prosecute these guys for attacking a cop. I can't believe it. I know. It's a, it's a, it, enjoy it. It's not going to happen too often. Now, fair beating is a problem uh, because uh, it, it, it's, you know who's saying it's a problem? Fucking the old guy, Bill, uh, what's his name, <laughs> from the 90s, the guy who invented CompStat and everything. Oh, Bill Bratton. Bill Bratton is saying, like, yeah, remember Subway, this, the f- crime starts in the subways, fuckers. And it's going to creep out, and uh, it's totally. When I, when I hear somebody, people who don't know any better, and they're going like, hey, "It's like the seventies, get that, and, you know, whatever." This guy knows. He saw it. Yeah. He's the one who cleaned it up. Mark his words. Uh, a hoarding contributed to some fire. Three people injured in a raging Brooklyn apartment fire that started in a clutter-filled unit occupied by hoarders. Huh. Blaze broke out noon Wednesday. Tens- you know, fires are real. This is Ebbets Field Houses. Well, that really goes back. They named them back when the Brooklyn Dodgers were here, I guess. No, no, no. After they, after they left and they tore down the... And they after they Ebbets built Field. the... the um, after they built the... Uh, what do you call it? The, the housing. They built it on Ebbets Field. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's why they call it that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, some 75 uh, firefighters responded, victims carried away. I don't know. I, it's wonder how. Um, I, I didn't know that hoarding could be a fact. Once, once shit's on fire, it's on fire. I guess if, uh, well, if, burns, if you've got a lot of it, it's more fuel. More fuel I mean, for say the if fire. you've been holding on to every New York Post since. 1992. I'm clean. <laughs> I'm clean. I'm not blaming you. Oh, I've that, only that's got just a couple. A few. That's, that's just a few. <laughs> no, but I mean, what do hoarders hold on to? They're like, oh, I got all my uh, my bags from the deli. I can't throw them out. I got my, uh, yeah, 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 no. I got hot all my mayonnaise. Lid. I got all my hot, hot, hot sauce packets. I can't yeah. throw them out. My, my, my single gloves <laughs> that don't match up. <laughs> I was watching one of those shows once, those hoarders shows, and they were like, yeah, well, this is my... 
the person's like, huh, you have a lot of coffee uh, lids here. What is this? I'm like, well, yeah, that's my collection. They're like, huh, well, you know, most people who have a collection, like they keep it in good order and they like to display it. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you have this, that, that you can display and talk about your collection? Yeah. He's like, no, not really. Isn't this just <laughs> garbage? <laughs> Don't you just live in garbage? <laughs> It's kind of true. <laughs> uh, hoarding is a, yeah, it's a, let me tell you something. There's a pile that'll develop right over there. Every woman I've ever been with has been a piler. They pile shit. I don't, I guess it's like you have a type, you know? I have a type. I used to, like, when I, when I was married the first time, she'd have her shit all over the place, right? And she'd talk about how nasty this place was. Look at this. You've messed up the place. And I'm like, this shit's mine. It's all yours. She's like, bullshit. I said, I'm going to take everything that's yours. I'm going to put it in a pile, see how clean this place looks. And I would. And then there'd be a pile. You don't have a lot of stuff? I don't fucking leave it everywhere like that. You know what uh, I mean? The way she does. The way she did. I I'm, mean, this, this fucking yeah. bitch was nasty, dude. She was nasty, Seth. The separate... Okay. Now, this is a fucking news story and a half. Two separate robbery attempts foiled when trains kill the suspects. Oh. Two robberies foiled in the city Thursday when both suspects struck and killed by a train while attempting to make their getaway. Wait, this was separate incidents? Separate motherfucking robberies. Uh, incidents. One was in violent Brooklyn uh, after a crook stole a cell phone while the other death occurred after a man robbed a beer from a freight train in the Bronx. What? <laughs> robbed a beer <laughs> from, from a freight, freight train? <laughs> okay. Uh, I can see where that's, where that's going. It's, How the fuck does that happen? I don't know. Like, where was... Was there, like, a... I mean, freight trains don't really... That's where you keep the beer, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Is there any detail on that? Yeah, we're going to see what it says. That was in the Boogie D. Uh, The tragic turn of events began around 4 p.m. when the cell phone crook robbed a Metro PCS store in Sheepshead Bay. That's what you do. That was in... but how was that in Brooklyn? How was that in the Bronx? That's in, that's in Brooklyn. Okay. The first one's in the in violent Brooklyn. The Metro PCS employee gave chase. This is a 52-year-old thief. He ducked into a nearby Q train station and boarded a northbound train. But while running through subway cars, he fell off the train and was crushed underneath it. No shit. Fucking tarred. See, that's why you're not supposed to go through the train. Yeah. Can I just tell you, like, 20 years ago, I remember there was, like, this lady, and she had her kid, who was, like, three, okay? Mm. And he was standing on the train, like, near the door. And I don't know if they ha- this happens anymore, but sometimes the doors used to open up. Like, when the train went around a curve, it would open. Oh, right. And it ho- opened, and the kid fell out and died. He fell out. He was, like, standing by the door. The car leaned. The door opened. He fell out. He tumbled. the door between cars. Yeah, doors between cars. He tumbled to the tracks and got crushed. Jesus, just and like that. he sued... But they didn't give him money because they were like, well, it was her responsibility to hold on to him. Yeah. I don't disagree. Okay, but I thought that was like pretty like... <laughs> well, if there's ever a time to go ahead and pay, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you know, that's weird. But uh, The door's not supposed to open, first of all, unless you're opening it. But they would. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, there was one guy now who was uh, embarrassed uh, to be... And he took a shit out on the fucking thing, slipped in the shit, and fell. I don't know that. Uh, so if you fall between cars, you, you, you're dead. That's oh, it. Oh, yesterday I was getting off the train at West 4th, and... This is to be a story about you taking a shit. It's not anywhere no, near a train but or there's anything. there's like this... Speaking of just how the, the trains are getting so bad. I, this was in the subway. Oh. There's this dude at, you know... Uh, 8th Street and 6th Avenue, and he's standing there rubbing his own shit all over his ass, saying, oh, blah, 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 you know, just this type of thing. His pants? 
or his no, bare his ass. pants were pulled down, and oh, God. he was just rubbing shit all over his ass. <sighs> That's so hot. It was really yeah, gross, man. I mean, I think the subways are going to fucking hell. No, they're getting bad. <laughs> I think they're getting bad. Apparently so. We have the 41-year-old man running away. He was hit and killed by a separate freight train. There's very little to say about that one. They're investigating the circumstances behind get, about where, that. Where was he stealing a beer from a freight train? He grabbed a beer off a freight train in Hunts Point about an hour later. <laughs> as, yeah. I didn't even know you had trains. Well, I guess you have trains in Hunts Point. But, but like, It was maybe like uh, maybe like they were having a little you know hobo party. Okay. He's like, I'm going to do one of those beers. And then he just fucking... You seen that one thing where the guy gets out of his car and starts running away on foot, and then that car that he gets out of, like, runs him over? That sounds like a good one. It's a fucking short video. It's very funny. Oh, yeah. The one that we've been opening with. (laughs) He's fine. He He was a lawbreaker anyway. Cops busted a cockfighting operation in violent Brooklyn inside a violent Brooklyn barber shop. Thanks to a slew of complaints from neighbors who got tired of all that cock a doodle do shit. Squawking, uh, cops collared Fausto. Uh, this that this is a fucking weird minute crime to the I mean, violent Brooklyn. There's a fucking cockfighting ring in a barber shop. Hey man, this is they diversity. Even, this they, is diversity. Yeah, okay, apparently they don't even bother to like fucking try to cover up the diversity. This is diversity. You mean to hide that fucking diversity? This a little is bit. diversity. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is the idea I had. It was when, probably in the basement. Was it with you? It might have been you. I I don't think it was. Though. How about this idea? It's like, you know, people have cockfights, like wife fights. We fucking throw them in a pit. Oh, wife fights. Yeah. Well, that just happens naturally. No, Get, get wife, two women together. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I want to see them to the death. Oh. It would be and cool. And then maybe people get lucky. And they, they both, both die. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tie. I mean, either way, she's in a pit, what she's done, right? Oh, uh, so okay. this is in Sunset Park. Now, where is Sunset Park geographically in Brooklyn? Do you know? It's kind of like um, near the Gowanus and stuff, south of the Gowanus. Okay. Uh, loud rooster noises, apparently, uh, were a problem in the location. Police went to the site for great. a business inspection. They found two roosters, two hens, two small chicks, and four eggs. It's very Mexican they and count Chinese. The eggs. Yeah. <laughs> it's four eggs. That's beautiful. I was just eating my breakfast. That's great. I'm doing a lot of, uh, it's like, uh, what's his name? Does that sound like anybody to you? Uh, John Travolta? Yeah, John Travolta. It's <laughs> a really bad John Travolta impression. <laughs> you're good. Well, you're, you did good impressions. So. I, I was doing him, uh, I was doing him on, uh, in, uh, Welcome or, Back Otter or Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Do it again. I work hard on the hair and he hits it. And, and, uh, now I did an Urban Cowboy. Uh, we watched Urban Cowboy. Mandy and I watched Urban Cowboy. We did commentary on it. Oh. Why? I've never seen Urban Cowboy. Urban Cowboy is uh, a lot of mechanical bull, a lot of uh, Deborah Winger. She's like so young and her name's Sissy. Did you like Staying it's, Alive? Didn't enjoy it as the much sequel as. sequel to. I, you know, when I was a kid, Saturday Night Fever is a, it's a too heavy of a movie for a kid. It's not just about like dancing and fun. It's it's not like fucking. Well, remember it's when like the guy serious. falls off the Brooklyn Bridge? How come we didn't talk, Tony? <laughs> How come we didn't call? Come on, man, come down, come on. <laughs> it goes on a while, right? One of my earliest disappointments was in 1977. My dad took me to see Saturday Night Fever, but it was um sold the PG out. version. It was sold out. Sold out. Oh, you didn't get to go. We didn't get to go. And he said, well, sometimes that happens. <laughs> <laughs> did you verify it or did it, was it possible your dad just going, oh, sold no, out? No, no, we went up to the movie that they said, no, we're sold out. That is rare. 
but well, it does happen. And for that movie too, that was huge. Did you wait till the PG version came out? That's what I was going to have to go see. I don't remember. It's now PG. They took out 13 seconds of it. Of what? Of the movie. Saturday Night Fever. They made a PG version. What were the 13 seconds? I don't know. Fucking something. Donna uh, Pescow is some kind of distant cousin of mine. You're kidding. She's the one who brings the condoms. Does she? Brings the condoms. She's like, hey, yeah, come on, Tony, you want to fuck? Um, yeah, I guess. So uh, my dad, I guess, met her when he was a kid. She was like some, she was like a cousin. You know who I'm going to spend New Year's Eve with? Donna Pescow? Jerry Stiller. No shit. I think I might be spending New Year's Eve with Jerry Stiller. Really? That's exciting. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to say that. I'll, let, I'll, I'll find out. But yeah, isn't that weird? It's a weird little situation. I'll, I'll fill you in. Huh. Okay. It's, it's going to be a story. Uh, so they came in for this business inspection. Animal abuse consistent with fighting and evidence of breeding for the purpose of fighting along with fighting agents. So, like, they breed them to fight them. They're serious about this shit. Oh, yeah. Having the right rooster is a big deal. Uh, let's end with something nice and heartwarming here. By the way, there's a. can I just put in a a plug for a really good novel about cockfighting? Yes. I think it's called Cockfighter. They made a movie. It's by, oh, yeah, Cockfighter 2. No, no, it's... um. It's uh, by Charles Williford, who also wrote the book um, Miami Blues, which they made a movie out of with uh, Alec Baldwin. Biloxi Bald Blues? No, no, no. Miami Blues. I think they made a movie thinking. of with uh, Alec Baldwin and Jennifer Jason Lee. Okay, so what's Cockfighter? Cockfighter is a novel about, about... It's a novel about cockfighting, but they also made a movie out of it. Okay. And it's, and it's good. It's huh? really good. Do you think these guys would like it? Yes. It'd be like rounders for them. Uh, that was a shitty movie. You well, can cut all that stuff. Uh, no, no, no. It's going right in. Hell, we only got 21 minutes. It's going to be a short show as it is. So to like interview this one guy, I got to call him and tell him I can't do it. Uh, yeah, so a binge-drinking woman, a couple of cops came by, and they helped her out, and now she's sober for a year. Aww. It was like they, she considers them like a fucking intervention. They're my angels. It could have been a lot worse. She you could know, have gotten I was Marino. sitting there drunk and I said, God, send me a sign. I was screaming it from the roof. And then the cop showed up and I knew it was a sign from God. There are no accidents. <laughs> Moreno and Mata. There are no coincidences. <laughs> the guy who always speaks at that volume and always speaks in these trite fucking. I said. You gotta believe in things that are good. <laughs> if you don't believe in anything, then there's nothing to believe. <laughs> no such thing as coincidences. There are no coincidences. <laughs> nothing ever happens at the same time. Everything happens for a reason. And sometimes it happens there's not even a reason. After I stole the vodka and I was standing on the roof screaming, <laughs> saying I was gonna kill myself, what do you know? The cop showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I said there is a god <laughs> it, it, It's like uh, when someone tells a story of their life You know But uh, I'll tell you what happened You know And you're just like oh boy Wait, that's, that's how you tell your story dude That's like you're talking to somebody on the bus Yeah uh, Well okay it, it, It's a wild ass story And she's so ugly She's just she's such not an, that ugly She just looks like an old bitch no, she, <laughs> she is a busted old hag 
And uh, the thing is, like, I don't. I, I, again, no sympathy for her at this point. I, I want to feel sympathy for her sometimes, but then you see an interview like this, you're like, oh, the state hates me, you know? Like, oh, the state is pretty fucking lenient with you. Uh, you know, you could have been put away for 20 years for this shit. Yeah. She cooperated a little bit, I guess, is why it didn't happen. She eventually decided, to go, okay, look. I should ask to uh, ghostwrite her book. You fucking should. Because she definitely needs a ghostwriter. But uh, I don't think I could live with myself. Um, I, but maybe I would be able to change her life and I'd be able to tease out some measure of self-responsibility and make her see how that was the move. That ain't the Tilly Mitchell story. I know, but sometimes you can, you can, you can make people like that. Sometimes you can make, um, narcissist personality disorder. People see how it's advantageous to their cause to win people over. Yeah. You could fix them to be self-deprecating. Oh, you're saying you can harness the power of their, uh, of, of their sociopathy. Yeah. Of their, of their, of their need for extreme self-interest. And you can say, Hey, listen, you want to know how to, uh, sell your book and win the public over. This Makes is more how. money. Stop being such a whore. Yeah. This is how. Here's all you got to do. And you know yeah, what? Even same if thing, you don't believe it, you know, same thing with Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. If she just would have gone, you know what? Right. I did change my mind about, about gay marriage and it just over time. No, it's what true. What can I say? I was a little behind the curve. Yeah. But I could not be a more fierce advocate now because right. converts make the best Catholics mm-hmm. and I make the best lesbian advocate <laughs> or whatever. Right, right. And, and just like, just be human. Mm-hmm. I mean, once in a while. Yeah. People yeah. would be so fucking, what? Right. And I, same with Tilly. She'd be, she'd be shocking if she yeah. was suddenly like, I don't know. I guess, you know, I just was kind of horny and you know, look, I'm with Lyle and Lyle, that whole thing started out of just a cheating thing anyway. But you know why, you know why they can is because, um, you know, yeah, house of cards, it all, it all falls down. It's all held together through self-deception and You mean they're not even, lies. not even aware. They can't, no, they, no. They, I mean, I think there's some level of awareness, but you realize that it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, it's not the crime. It's the cover up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Pamela Smart is? Yeah, uh, I I thought I thought that I didn't know if she was a femme fatale. I thought she I thought Pamela Smart was the one who got like kidnapped or have something. You, have you seen? Oh no, you're thinking of um, Elizabeth Elizabeth Smart. Elizabeth Smart. Yeah. So have you ever seen To Die For? Which one was the show Get Smart about? <laughs> have you ever seen To Miss Die? Miss me by that much. Have you ever seen To Die For, starring Nicole Kidman playing Pamela Smart? Clearly, I haven't. Okay, we have to watch that. Yeah, it's like her breakout movie, I feel like. Well, I, I have to say, I don't know. Did, did she put on a lot of weight and get super ugly for the part? Or, oh, or she's, is, uh, she's a knockout in it. Yeah, knockout. I, I think I would enjoy that one actually a little more. Yeah. Uh, does she fuck any guards? Uh, she, is she married to a retarded man? She... Uh, Can you imagine if you were cheating on your husband with a retarded man and then, like, the <sighs> husband finds out and now you're stuck with a retarded man? Yeah. I mean, he's not retarded. He's just he is very retarded slow. In the movie. He's very slow. Yeah. He's like, gee, I don't know why. Joyce, so where you stand on this... Uh, where, where do you want to go on the fucking uh, egg roll king or whatever the fuck? Right, is. yeah, Kung, uh, Pal- Kung Pao Palace. Sorry to uh, cut you off there. Um, you okay. were saying something very interesting. Now she, oh, okay, so Pam, she helped her 15 year old lover murder her husband. That's what yeah. Pamela Smart did. Yeah. So she fucks a 15 year old. Yeah, and she and she is, uh, you know, she 
is a femme fatale for sure. She's, yeah. she's that's something that that, that Tilly could have never done. She had to have two fucking guys in prison, hardened fucking prisoners, convicts, with no prayer of getting anywhere near a woman. Mm-hmm. And she's like, come on, get it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tilly. And, and, and here's what Mitchell says. She says she relates to her. She goes, nobody believes her either. Right. Uh, Mitchell said she identifies with Smart because Mitchell was also accused of wanting her husband dead. And that's another lie peddled by Sweat and Matt, she claims. Sweat's the one who gave my husband that nickname, The Glitch, she said, adding that uh, she's angry at Sweat for telling investigators Mitchell was behind a plot to kill him. Of course, yeah. Yeah. She said that uh, she, she claims... Uh, Mitchell claims she is dubbed an escape risk at Bedford Hills. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, she was involved in an escape before. She's yeah. therefore an escape risk. Has limited work privileges. She can't do yard work or be a teaching assistant. Huh. They say I can't work in the nursery because I'm a high media profile. I love to work with kids. <laughs> Get that bitch away from my kids. Yeah. You don't let her near my... Why do they have kids in prison, by the way? I, I think if you are pregnant a, and you have kids... Oh, it's not sad. like the kids did something wrong. I mean, I, sad. or maybe they... I, I don't know. I know. Sad. I said, sad. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Can't work in the nursery. I get that bitch away from my fucking kids. Ten times out of ten. And I don't even have kids. My theoretical kids. When she gets out, Mitchell said... She looks forward to spending time with my husband and my kids and enjoying the gazebo. Lyle built me. Lyle built her a fucking gazebo. Yeah, God bless Lyle, him. look, the jury has come back on this one. He's waiting it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, my fucking God. You know, the interesting thing about Lyle, too, is the fact that he cheated on his first wife with Tilly means that he's also not 100% solid. Like... He could be persuaded by if someone even more sociopathic than Tilly yeah. came his way. Uh, you mean he's faking this whole dumb thing? I'm oh, just oh, saying oh, oh, I he, see another, his, his head yeah. could be turned. You oh, know? oh, sure. Yeah. Like, like somebody who's like uh, just a sociopath. Well, it kind of makes you wonder what his first wife looked like. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. must have been a fucking wildebeest. You're so mean. She She's not like a four-legged something. She had to be a beast of burden, a beast of Good prey. Good Lord. She was not human. Mm. Whatever he was married to before had a ring through its nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, if, if another Tilly came along and was mm-hmm. 10% hotter and a little mm-hmm. bit and just as smart, he'd be, I, uh, okay, yeah, whatever you say, uh, get a gazebo <laughs> from Jewish Joyce and go. Uh, <laughs> She could live in that, I guess. <laughs> he built her a fucking gazebo. I can, if I was Lyle, I would at least say, just fucking tone it down on the gazebo thing. Don't don't mm. be spreading her. I mean, it's pretty embarrassing, really. Yeah. You're an embarrassment. Don't mention me. Yeah. As for the food she's most looking forward to, she says, I like sweets, cookies, brownies, same treats. She allegedly snuck into Clinton Correctional for sweat and mat. <laughs> That's how the Post writes it. The kind of shit, you know, she brought for those guys. Yeah, it was smart. She's also planning a book, and she says, then the truth will come out. If you can convince her to call the book when you ghostwrite it for her, convince her to call it the whore who wanted it. Mm-hmm. I think that that would go a long way towards selling some books. I don't think um, books with the title whore um, sell very well, but... It should I- be called whore, 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 whore wanted it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, she claims that I think, they think, I think she's a whore. Scott, 
Shaw Skank Redemption is very funny. Yeah, Shaw Skank. I think yeah. that's 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 it is it is very well done. Like that would be I I, I would potentially buy that book. Okay, now uh, I want to also uh, move on. Yeah, because we've talked about this to death. It's really done. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody's even listening at this point. That's the way it goes. Now's where I sneak in an interpretation. You see, you know that I offer interpretations. Yeah. If anybody says something to you, you don't know what they mean. Well, you got to write me. Okay. And you just say, "Hey, what the fuck did they mean?" And yeah. I'll tell you. I mean, because okay. I know. Tell me. You getting tired of my bullshit? No. Because I can interpret what you're saying. <laughs> tell me. You're fucking tired, you're hungry, you're thirsty, you're something, you don't want to be doing this anymore. But you have to do it for a little while longer. Now listen to this. Just go with it, and it's much more fun. Okay? Yeah, I'm going. Okay. This is an interpretation. Guy wrote this to me. Okay, this is important. This is from NM. He says, hey, Pat, I got something for you to interpret. I'm a coffee delivery man in New Orleans. As of recently, an old high school... Hey, NM. Thanks. As of recently, an old high school classmate that I was never friends with, started working at one of the uh, cafes I supply. Yesterday, he randomly asked me, hey, what size shoes do you wear? What size shoe do you wear? I answered 12, and he just walked back to what he was doing. Why would he ask me that? Well, I mean, you know, first of all, size 12, uh, according to something on the Internet, shoe size, does it's not predictive of height. However, according to something else on the Internet... Average height for size 12 shoes, about 6'2", 6'3". Because on a common sense level, it's obvious that somewhat taller people are going to tend to have somewhat larger feet, right? Mm -hmm. Smaller people, smaller feet. Otherwise, you can flush your holy Bible down the toilet. You have landed in the universe of chaos, ungovernable by a loving God and unlovable by a governing one. LeBron James with tiny baby feet. Eighth grade girls with beastly size 16s. The roller skating industry plunged into confusion. Bowling shoes in size one. Now, a lot of doctors co-sign that shoe size not being predictive, but you know what? They just don't want people feeling weird about their feet. That's all it is. Now, many possible reasons for this never friend in high school to ask your shoe size. Maybe he had an extra pair of shoes he thought you might like, or uh, was for some reason thinking of uh, actually purchasing shoes for you as a gift. He may have a hookup. A similar but opposite reason, he's missing a pair of shoes exactly like the ones you're wearing, and he intended to accuse you of stealing them. Maybe he wanted to settle a bet. What size shoes do you think that guy wears? Over under. None of these are really very likely. Possible, but not likely. So in turn, in, let's the actual reason for his question, let's look at, at the information available, Mandy. First of all, the relationship. Uh, it's a classmate with whom... Uh, you were never friends. Had you been friends, he might have wanted to know your shoe size because he knew your shoe size in high school. He wanted to see if your feet kept growing at whatever point you lost touch. But then he would have probably finished the question with like these days. What size shoe you wear these days? Now the guy's response too. Keep that in mind. If he had an extra pair of shoes, he probably would have said, uh, ah, too bad. I got an extra pair of rock boards, uh, size 11. Barely worn by my dead uncle. If he was settling a bet, he'd react with an affirmative smile or a disbelieving, like, nah, really? So 
for each explanation, we can kind of imagine appropriate second comments. But his response, this guy just walked back to what he was doing. No follow-up. To me, that implies a chastened individual with nothing further to add. So my final interpretation, and this is, this is, there's really only one major reason why anyone who went to high school with anyone ask anyone any questions. That's to compare. A high school classmate is an excellent yardstick, which we can measure our own accomplishments, the prestige of our job, our hairlines, our weight, success of our children, the attractiveness of our wives or whoever we're fucking, the stylishness of our clothes, literally anything and everything. When you run into a classmate, you may stand there catching up or maybe just a polite hello, but either way, you're comparing. Look at them. Look at me. So uh, could it possibly go all the way to shoe size? Yes. Now, your classmate had no other reason to ask except to draw some kind of a comparison between you and him, most likely, or possibly between you and someone else you guys knew. But that's what I say. I, that's, my, that's my interpretation. He was comparing for some reason. There's two other possibilities. I place these so far in the unlikely range. They're not really worth considering. Technically a possibility, so worth a mention. Number one, he recently discovered his wife was unfaithful when he found a strange pair of shoes underneath the bed. So he was determining whether or not he should accuse you of fucking his wife. Or two, he works at a cafe in New Orleans, but in his spare time, he's an amateur mad scientist in the process of building a Frankenstein's monster-esque man out of spare parts. And he was inquiring about your shoe size for reference. Realistically, he's measuring you against uh, most likely himself, but uh, could be somebody else due to your high school connection. And I'd further suggest that in terms of this comparison... He didn't like what he find out. <laughs> and I'd further say that in terms of this comparison, he didn't like what he found out. Right or wrong, Mandy? Well, you're always right. But with that in mind, you're wrong. Hmm. We too often face folly by trying to make things make sense that are never going to make sense and and are purposefully and aggressively actually a strategy of nonsense just, and mindfuckery. I, I can just tell you that that just, is a guy who knows that that is how you get in someone's head by asking a random fucking question why like don't you, that. Why don't you just pull back the, the, the curtain on the bit? Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. We're explaining folly. Oh, okay. Well, I just... With folly. It could be. <coughs> but that's something I never realized. It took me a really long time to realize. That guy's not trying to get in that guy's head. Yeah, he is. Yeah. No, we, for what? Because... To be funny? To be to get on crime report? To, yeah. To, to be yeah. interpreted by Pat Dixon? Yeah. I don't think so. I think so. I don't because... think this guy has a master plan. Yeah, I think that if they were never if they were never friends, then that is what that is is that's um that's him working on him a little bit, you know? That's him that's him fucking with him a little bit. Boy, talk about explaining something. Talk about projection, first of all. No, it's true this though. This is the type of shit you would do. Me? No, I don't I don't do that shit, but I'm aware of when you, other people do it to me. Exactly. You're paranoid. I It's think not paranoia. It's trust possible. Me. It's possible that the guy recognized him from school, mm-hmm. you know, oh, we're classmates or whatever. And he was just trying to make conversation and realized uh, as he was walking up, he had nothing. 
Okay. So he's just like asked him a really easy affirmative question. The first thing he thought of was shoe size. And then he was so embarrassed by that mm. that he was just like, okay, that was well, weird. you know what? I think I was putting a lot of emphasis on the never friend part. And so I think that I was taking that to heart in my attempt at explaining it. And I think that I think that anti friend, he's just somebody he wasn't acquainted with that well. Yeah. I don't there's no reason why a classmate would be like, I'm gonna go fuck with that guy. (laughs) You know? All right. Well we've settled it for you. And um uh, And and you know what I I take back what I said. I think you're right and I'm wrong. Well, that's appreciated. By the way, what shoe size do you wear? I wear a size nineteen and a half. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Happy holidays.